five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. You're listening to Tabletop and Beyond with your host, Justin. But before we get started, how was your geek week? And co-hosts, Dan and Jason. You have to be willing to let the dice help you tell the story. Okay, look, this year, I'm going to stop mispronouncing words. Join us as we cover board games to war games and beyond. And welcome back to Tabletop and Beyond. I am your host, Justin, and I'm here with Dan. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Unfortunately, our uh, the third of our three amigos is out of town for the next little while. And I asked him if he could dial in, and he said he has no internet for like a week and a half. <laughs> oh my gosh, is he in the Congo? <laughs> Something like that. Uh, I was like, what? I, yeah, I guess he said the hotel he's staying at does not even have internet, period. Uh, well, you know, he's being paid to be there, so it's for work. So I guess it's his big chance to get away from it all. It's funny, reference. 20 years ago, though, like 20 years ago, if you said, oh, the hotel didn't have internet, you'd be like, okay, like, sure. Yeah, no it's problem. Fine. Yeah, does it have HBO? Like HBO! <laughs> does it have a bed that you can put a quarter in? <laughs> right? That always reminds me of planes, trains, and automobiles. <laughs> hey, <laughs> growing, growing up in southern Nevada, we did have beds. Uh, we we did stay in hotels in the 80s and 90s that still had uh, little coin ops next to the... I can't make this up. So Yeah. One no, time we were, we were on a high school like debate trip, and we all... They got us the cheapest motel that the coaches could stand, and here we are. Four guys to a room, <laughs> two places to put in quarters, man. And everybody was joking around about that. It was really messed up. That's hilarious. That's funny. Uh, there's this there's this uh, motel in the middle of Nevada called the, um, it's called the Clown Motel. Oh, no. And I think I've heard it, of this. <laughs> it is your worst nightmare. Like, all of the rooms are, like, painted in clown murals. And so you wake up in the middle of the night and you have these just creepy, creepy <laughs> clowns staring at you. Like, it is the worst. And, and my brother, like, has a legit phobia of clowns. Like, legit <laughs> phobia. And he didn't sleep the whole night. Like, he was, like, fetal position. Were you there for the kitsch of it or were you there, like, with no irony as kids? Um, we stayed there because it is like the exact halfway point between <laughs> Reno and Las Vegas um, on I-95 South. It's in, um, uh, it's in, oh my gosh, why am I forgetting this town's name? I want to say it's not Pahrump. Um It'll come to me later. There's but... not that many. If you <laughs> oh Tonopah, it's in Tonopah, Nevada. Oh yeah, Tonopah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And so it's like exactly halfway, and I think that we left on a trip, like to go down to see my grandparents. And it was like we we ended up leaving at like nine p.m. or something like that. And by the time it was like one a.m., we were only halfway there. And my dad's like, I, I can't drive anymore. I'm so tired. We're just going to stay at the Clown Motel. And my brother's like, I'd rather sleep in the car. And 
<laughs> like he just had to stay there the rest of the night with these creepy clowns just staring at him. Well, oh, if it was part so of great. his therapy, you know, getting over your fears <laughs> is about getting close to things that scary is. So, yeah, had, I don't, had, I don't think had it helped been him. A professional, no, it didn't help him. Hurt him, hurt him a lot. It sounds like. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm, explains so, a lot anyway. about that guy. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. Maybe Jason's staying in a clown motel. Who knows? It'd be kind of hilarious if he was. <laughs> <laughs> of all the places not to have internet that would be the one right exactly so anyway uh well we've got a pretty interesting show today it's a part two of one that we did what is it, a couple months ago maybe half a year ago uh the original show was called to paint or not to paint and it was like whether or not you should paint all of your little game miniatures that come in all of your board games that are coming yeah. out now uh, obviously, we're not talking about like Warhammer or Warcry that, you know, sometimes carry is painting requirements if you want to play in big events. This was like, you know, you ordered uh, Kingdom Death or something like that, and it came mm -hmm. with all those minis. Do you paint them, right? Or mm -hmm. uh, you got a new game, uh, right? The Rise of Smog? Yeah. No. The uh, Rise of Moloch. That's the right. Rise from of Moloch. the World of Smog, yeah. Yep. And that has quite a few uh, miniatures in it. So. And they're so awesome. The sculpts are really yeah. kind of creepy cool. They're kind of like, um, uh, what's that other tabletop board game that's kind of Louisiana Bayou one that's escaping me at the moment? Malifaux. Yeah, yeah. They're kind of, but this is more like London steampunk 1890s Mal Malifaux is, is a lot more heterogeneous of the different kinds of... Um, uh, cool things that you have access to from the different horror genres. So anyway, long story short, um, yeah, yeah. It's it, 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 when there's cool minis, there's cool minis, right? So right. Uh, so you know, when we we kind of explored the topic, but things have changed since then. So Dan's gonna kind of walk us through uh, what his thoughts are now that he's uh, dipped his toe into the to the painting waters uh, a little bit so uh but before we get there dan obviously how was your geek week my friend it was pretty great um i had um you know a lot of what we're going to talk about for you know your geek week and and the main topic kind of kind of stole my geek week but um, <laughs> Fair enough. I, did, I did spend some time doing some x-wing list building oh, because good. um uh, the game is different now, and you have to think about the game differently. And man, it just really highlights the fact that you got to—I got to get reps in for that game. It's like there's only so much head simming you can do. You've got to—you got to get the reps in. So um, I've got plenty. Have you thought of about doing a little like a local event with Adam or anything? Yeah, I've thought about it. Um, it really, everything, all of my gaming stuff just really comes down to not lack of will, but calendaring capacity. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. Um, playing regular league night x-wing was one of those ideas i did have for a while that never came to full fruition you so, have to commit you like uh, really have to commit right yeah it's like joining a bowling league or something like that you know you want to you want to do it for real and, and not be a flake um so i and i do a lot of stuff i'm a busy guy during on the weeknights i don't have a lot of free to i don't have a lot of free weeknights because of all the ways in which my my life is complex so yeah um, including anyway. running a podcast, including this podcast amongst, you know, <laughs> a bunch of other things. So the, the, the night availability is shrinking, but anyway, I still want to play new X-Wing. I mean, I've been talking about it and, um, listening to other podcasts and head lists, but I'm, I'm about ready. I need to jump in and, 
get get some of the games out on the table because I feel cool. I feel kind of smoked. All the other guys who are podcasting are they've gotten a lot of reps, and I I I'm still butkus, so um, I've got to do that. The other thing on my Geek Week is I'm planning my summer uh, game table kind of carpentry up upgrades to the game table. Like this is my ever. <laughs> It's my forever laboratory on things I'm messing with. So uh, all of the things where it needs kind of repairs or kind of some tender loving care, for instance, um, because of the wood I chose, it's really changed shape in the last year or so. Oh, interesting. You know, and so it's developed some cracks, and I've got to figure out how I'm going to fill cracks. I don't want to use wood filler. I want to use something a little bit more epoxy-ish, but if I, I can't just drop regular epoxy in there because it'll drip down. Right. Um, and, and the legs is the legs that are on it now are version are Mark two of the legs and the original table design was not assuming there'd be these big chunky legs. And so I was kind of cutting corners there. And so, uh, and now the big chunky legs kind of put stresses in other places that were outside of the design. Cause Hey, I didn't know about racking forces. I didn't know how to design around racking forces. And that's kind of the fun things about all these hobbies is you jump into it and you learn something and it gets cool and you're like, oh, I didn't know I had to account for that. I'm, I'm not, you know, using that as an opportunity to, you know, make excuses. It's like, oh, right. no, the, the, I, I, you know, I had to pin these legs to the skirt. Usually the skirt is not structural. I just happened to make the skirt really structural or structural. So I could pin the legs to it, but now um, they were not, the skirt was not designed for the chunkiness and the racking forces. So I've got to go back in and reinforce a bunch of stuff. I've got some LED lighting in the cubbies that I want to, I want to rip out the LED lights and all the cub, cubbies and put in um, a different solution in there. Um, right now, everybody has a LED light in their cub. They can pull out and kind of angle however they want. And it has the, these kind of uh, plastic on plastic Velcro, like mm -hmm. thick, chunky plastic, you know? Yeah. Um, and nobody uses that. And actually, because the, the, the lights are so thick, they kind of get in the way. So I accidentally pull pulled mine off a few times. Yeah. It's not it's not accident. They're designed to come off. They're designed. Yeah. And so the great thing about the design is that I can rip all seven of, seven of them out because the eighth cubby doesn't have it. I can rip it all out in about 10 minutes and then start over yeah. again. Um, but there's USB power in every cubby. So if I get a, a like a, an adhesive LED strip, that is powered over USB. It'll be a, a fun, easy way to to kind of upgrade that. So that's oh, yeah, that's, that's cool. coming down the yeah. pike. So I keep tinkering with it. Um, it's it's a project that's never complete. Complete. Someday my um, I'll, I'll figure out a way to come up with a new surface for it because uh, my wife doesn't think I should. <laughs> yeah, I've got to figure out a way to get a buyer. So um, uh, that that could happen one of these days too. Oh, very cool. Very yeah. cool. Uh, let's see. Well, my uh, my geek week involved you. Um, yeah. But I'm going to start with the less cool one first. I've been working on some faction pages for uh, the Warcry section of the website. So um, I'm liking the way that they're coming together. They're kind of an all-in-one thing. There's a lot of Warcry content out there in the in the web space but mm -hmm. like you go to some of these websites and you just have to scroll and scroll and scroll and there's like a billion ads that are yeah. attacking your senses and you know you're just like can we get to the point here like it and so we're we're really trying to like build these faction pages kind of like baseball cards you know yeah. where like it's easy to see like okay boom 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 got it you know 
and um, and kind of make that as a value add. So mm-hmm. um, I'm kind of excited about it, and um, you know, it's it's going to take some work to get all the factions out there, but I've got all the books, you know, so it's just a matter of transferring some of the knowledge content out of there into a you know usable web page. Um, yeah. Obviously, the goal is not to like divulge the secret sauce of like all the cards and things like that that have all the numbers and things on them that's like really the ip you know i mean i guess not the ip i mean that's the that's the heart of the ip you know is all the number combinations and rules Mm -hmm. and things like that um but you know getting the flavor of it talking a little bit about strategy talking about tactics you know how how does how does that faction play is that something that interests you here's uh here's just a broad summary of the different units you can take and then i was thinking at the end like um Jason, Dan Herrera, and I can, you know, each come up with a list that we would use to run that as like a starter list that somebody could use, you know, to if they wanted to get into it. So um, it's cool. I think it, it'll be a fun one-stop shop, you know, for everybody to get into. So we'll let you all know when those things go live and, you know, you can avail yourself of the Warcry content. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. It sounds great. So Anything good. that breaks down that learning curve is is really great. So yeah. Keep on, uh, keep it on. The big thing, though, is I spent a majority of last week prepping for da, 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 our RuneQuest RPG night that we had on Saturday night. So good. Um, it was a lot of fun. I, uh, um, I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast, but we did a Call of Cthulhu RPG starter set review, and we put that video out on YouTube. So if anybody hasn't seen it yet... Uh, go to youtube.com and look for Tabletop and Beyond. And if that still doesn't pull it up, just look for the Call of Cthulhu starter set review um, You know, with Tabletop and Beyond, and, and you'll be sure to find it. Um, so, And then you can subscribe to us, and so you'll get you know notifications when we put new uh, content videos out. But uh, we did a Call of Cthulhu starter set review. And uh, you know, I when I put it out on Twitter to let people know, I hit up Chaosium. And said, hey, we just did a review of your thing. And they, they got back to me and they said, hey, thanks for doing that. And I said, no problem. I, you know, We're happy to review any other games that you guys have. And they said, would you like to do RuneQuest? I said, absolutely. So sure. <laughs> you know, they gave us a, a free copy of the RuneQuest starter set. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to dig into that, um, learn it as like a starting GM you know, with it. And I ran the first session with uh, a couple of our friends. On Saturday, Jason was there. You were there. Uh, we had Omar and Matt and Nick, and um, that was a that was a good group for that game. Um, it was fun. Um, just don't go. You know, we're gonna have a whole podcast episode. I think our next one, yeah, um, is gonna be all about RuneQuest. But like, what were just your broad overview thoughts? Did you like it? I really like it. Um, it's fun to get into a fantasy RPG that is not derivative almost completely of D&D. So. And yeah, one of the things that we'll talk about a little bit is like RuneQuest was like one of the OG like RPGs out there. I think um, D&D was published in what was it? 76. Uh huh. And um, this one was published in 78. Yeah. And it was very different than uh, D&D at the time. Yeah. You know, so, uh, very, very, very different system. So yeah, you don't have to worry about like a RuneQuest being a ripoff of a D and D, you know, or derivative, as you said. 
It has. It so. has some. All these things have to. You know, they're all cousins to each other, so they have some right. things in in common. But it, it, to be quite honest, it's it's good to feel like you've got some fresh genetics, and even if the ideas are old from the '70s, they're still super yeah. interesting. Um, and I think we had a great time with it. We'll go super deep, but it was a box set. It was very heavy duty. Um, what's the name of the product again? Uh, it is the RuneQuest starter set. Yeah, RuneQuest RPG starter set. Yep. And I, I, I just gonna spoiler alert now. I, I'm gonna recommend it as if you uh, are ready to try something that's uh, got some good rules that are a um, little more rules heavy than D and D. If you're ready to do something, if you're ready to freshen things up, and you still want to be in fantasy and you want to look at fantasy from a different point of view. Um, yeah. and, and get a starter set that has a, that has a lot of content, like literally, oh, yeah, I, for sure. I, I get the feeling there's literally five, maybe 10 times the page count of the starter set versus, uh, uh, wizards of the coast one. Of course, yeah. the wizards of the coast one will be cheaper, but I think if you priced it out by page, you're, you're probably doing okay. Yeah. So, so um, anyway, it was a lot of fun. We, um, we ended up playing a little bit longer than I thought. And I think, and I think part of that was us learning the game, obviously. Right. Well, um, you, you have to do that to do a review. You're like, okay, yeah, totally. All right, now, what's this mechanic like? Usually in the first combat, and we're I'm kind of stealing thunder of next time we talk. Um, so I'll try not to mention this next time. Was I came up with the weirdest magic ability my character had, and that was uh-huh. the first action of the first combat that I tried. Just throwing it out there, you know, yep. giving it a whirl, and, um, and there was a lot of book diving. And yeah. I don't know if that was bad, but. Yeah, I, I had fun with it, so whatever. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was us figuring it out. And so, yeah. uh, but, you know, I think we had a great group there to, to, to play. Like, I, I was, like, RPGing with all of you guys, you know, and and my goal was to try to get, like, just a really, uh, like, a, a bunch of people that really, 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 like, dive into their characters, yeah. right? Like, and Matt and Omar and Nick are always good for that, mm-hmm. you know? Like, they uh, they take their characters, like, really seriously, and they were like, <laughs> how would this guy play it? And, like, that's how they play their game, you know? And so it's a lot of fun that way. Some of us are a little more mid-maxi. <laughs> well, right. Yeah, that's great. And, well, again, we've got a lot of content for the podcast next time, yeah. so we won't get into it, but um, there's, there's a lot – there's um, – gonna be a good review I, I i'm really excited to talk about it so but yeah i ran that on saturday which was like the culmination of a lot of efforts of prepping right so yeah um so it, it was pretty good though I'm, I'm it was well we done did. it was well worth it and i can't wait for our listeners to go deep with us uh in a future date Hopefully and, I can and you gotta play because... you gotta finally play as a player for, i like after to a while. play it's i just i'm not a good player because i gm for every time <laughs> i play i gm at least a factor of 15 times more than i play yeah so i find myself being a crappy player and i'm like man if i was a player <laughs> if i was the gm and i watched myself do that i'd be like dude cut it out so but anyway it's all good we had fun yeah all right well that was our pretty much our geek week i'm sure jason had a whole bunch of stuff but He's probably out digging holes in the dirt or something. I don't know what he does out in there. We don't know what he's doing yeah. with no internet in a sketchy hotel. Let's I seriously, that. when he talked about like being in a hotel with no internet, I know we're going back to this, but you know, being in a hotel <laughs> with no internet, I literally envisioned the movie Holes in my head, where they're like out in the middle of nowhere digging holes, like looking for treasure. You know, he did say so. he had T-Mobile cell phone access, so yeah. everywhere where there's a sketchy motel in the middle of the desert, T-Mobile's there to back you up. 
<laughs> That's great. And that should That's be fantastic. that should be in their commercials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're here when you really need us. <laughs> you snobby Verizon AT and T people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We put a tower where these guys didn't want to put a tower. Now, now who wants to roam? That's <laughs> so great. All right, we uh, we are moving on to the news, my friend. All righty. Welcome to Tabletop and Beyond News. More of this mainstream media stuff. More of the mainstream media. I'm trying to... Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Okay. So just two little items this week. Just some uh, new games that are out. One board game, one um, RPG. There's a, a new Kickstarter out for Cthulhu Island. Summer creatures build attractions and entice visitors to your other world theme park. Oh my In gosh. Cthulhu Island, cultists travel to the world to create the best and most grotesque theme park filled with creatures and elder gods from other dimensions and realms beyond this world. During your turn, you expand the map. Then you either explore, enlist, or exterminate cultists. Taking actions based on your available control in such area, each area has an associated action that will grant you favors based on the amount of cultists available and if you can pay the elemental cost throughout the game you'll face many options on your travel gaining power for magical sources summoning creatures building attractions enticing visitors or destroy your opponents it's all for the greater good or the greater gods in the end you'll win by publicity explore enlist entice and exterminate in cthulhu island so this is um theme park tycoon meets cthulhu edition so it's it's right now it is on uh it's on kickstarter okay and the minis obviously if you're gonna do cthulhu don't don't phone in the minis obviously the minis look pretty sweet um i i think this is one of those artifacts of uh um hp lovecraft's work falling into public domain and so uh, anybody with kind of a wild Thulu idea can just go, or Cthulhu idea can just do it. There's no, so the IP is well known and well loved, and there's no barrier of entry to borrowing that IP because it's in public domain. So uh, the it's going to come out in March of 2023. It looks like it's going to be about 79 euros to get. Um, uh, so. Anyway, if you want the six-player box, you're up to 199 euros. Is it going to be? Do you think it's worth it? Um, not I don't that... know. I'm looking at this right now, and I'm not crazy. Impressed. So I think um, it's different, right? And because it's a public domain, you can go off theme, which is yeah. HP Lovecraft would have never done. Would have never mixed Disneyland and Cthulhu together. But right. if, you know, it's worth a chuckle, if you've got a little bit of money to burn, if you like these types of games, I don't know. I just th- thought it was weird and different, which is why I threw it in the news. It is. It is different. Um, so There's some there's some things about it that look interesting. I mean, it, you know, some of the artwork is pretty cool. Um, but uh, I don't know. Like the, <laughs> I don't sorry. know. Hard to get it. Hard to get. That's that is a ringing lack of enthusiasm. Yeah, I don't know. I like. I'm looking at. I'm looking at the miniatures, and I'm like, they're okay. Yeah. Some of them are. Some of them are really good, but some of them, like like the main character ones, I'm like, they're okay. And then there's like a whole bunch of like 
Meeple resource tokens. Yeah. Yeah, this is a, we're, yeah. we're looking at the Kickstarter page. Yeah. Um, and it looks like they um, are only like four, three or four thousand dollars shy of their goal. Dude, it so, looks like, okay, so hear me out on this. It looks like Call of Cthulhu meets Settlers of Catan. Oh, they canceled the project. Oh, they didn't <gasps> make their backer goal by March 18th. <laughs> Oh no! This is not news. This is a okay. So now it's a news item about why <laughs> Kickstarters sometimes get canceled. Wow. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. This, uh, this that's took a, a different turn. Guts. That's kind of hilarious. Oh, I um, feel bad I'm going to be honest. Like, I wouldn't have backed it. I I, I was uh, like not impressed. The price is too high. I don't know what's going on in Europe, um, but. I know that there's, you know, people have, I know there's a thirst for this kind of content because it sells because everybody's using it, but can it handle being tongue in cheek? And maybe it doesn't. Maybe the people who are into this, who would pay, who'd pay $200 for a Thulu board game don't want it to be also a Disney attraction thing. So, yeah, anyway. it kind of looks like, like I said, like I said, it looked like um, Settlers of Catan meets Call of Cthulhu. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, and plus, I don't uh, know. What was that other one? Uh, Tycoon. The um, Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. guys. Uh, that was a news flop. That's kind of hilarious. Oh, news. man. They were only 3,000 short. <laughs> they, like, nobody on the development team could, like, abuse a credit card and come up with three grand just to front their own game. I guess not. Oh, well. Kesara. Moving right along. <laughs> I feel terrible. All right. The Real Thing RPG. Okay. This is a, an officially, uh, this is an official RPG based on the music of faith. No more. This tabletop role-playing game is powered by the apocalypse apocalypse adaptation uh, it's designed to be simple and gritty. The Real Thing is a self-contained, story-driven, pen-and-paper, tabletop RPG inspired by the music of Faith No More. They have drawn significant story elements and inspiration from Faith No More's album from 1989 entitled The Real Thing. So this I don't, uh, Kickstarter whoa. has funded, if you were uh, listening to Faith No More in the 90s, um, and it's going to be kind of a zine-style RPG is what it looks like. Digital backer ten dollars. Yeah. Print a digital print edition twenty bucks. So it should be um, a pretty low barrier to to get in on it if you love their music. And that one is backed because they they had a five thousand dollar goal and they made thirty thousand dollars. So unlike our previous news item, this one is gonna print. <laughs> ah, uh, that's funny. funny. It just goes yeah, the Cthulhu game just goes to show every dumb idea you have and you put on kickstarter doesn't mean you're gonna make bazillions of dollars yeah so but this is actually this is um officially sanctioned by the band and yes. they're involved and um you know i i listened to a lot of alternative music in the 90s and so i i i was not a fan of faith no more but um Every time when we have these bands do an RPG thing, I usually like to take note of it because I, I think it's a cool overlap. Mainly because it it tickles my it tickles my fancy. Mainly because I think, 
RPG groups are a lot like bands. You need people to do certain things. <laughs> and if you, yeah, if, you, I, if, if everybody's a lead singer in your RPG group, it falls apart. <laughs> right. So, you know, I, you know, it's funny because I, um, I didn't realize that Faith No More, their, that album came out in 1989. Yeah. It sold a lot, so. and um, it holds up. Stuff holds up, but it's it's not my. I don't own the album, but if it was on the radio, I would enjoy it. I remember the, them playing live on uh, SNL a lot of years ago. A lot of yeah. years ago. I mean, their big their um, their main song was from this album. Yeah, it was the epic song, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want it all, but you can't have it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So different, different kind of RPG thing, different type of gaming thing. Kinda you know, we, I like to point out when things we've talked about celebrities playing RPGs. We've talked about RPGs going mainstream with, you know, uh, the Critical Role animated series on uh, on Amazon stuff like that. This is just another way that gaming gamering is, you know cross-pollinating into other areas of culture, which I find cool. So I'm looking at this, right? There's seven backers at the 300 level, and that reward is no longer available. There's 72 backers at the 75 level. There's 97 backers at the 30 level, 42 backers at the 20 level, you know, 125 backers at the other 75 level, and another 137 backers. So you're talking like this has, um, I don't know, 500 backers 500 plus backers do they even have that many fans anymore <laughs> well i'm sure that album sold a million i'm sure they sold okay a all right let me let me sorry let me refer that do they have that many fans that are into rpgs fans that like, are into rpgs well, you know like that's such a, yeah. there's a novelty thing it's like oh man i mean Okay, so I'm a super nerd. I was listening to REM back in the day. Yeah, right. And if they came right. out with an RPG, would I would you look get at, it w- w- at at the twenty dollar level? Uh, depending on how, if it looked okay, I probably would. Twenty bucks is kind yeah. of a, you know not that big of a barrier of entry, and that's what these guys have. Real simple. It's like ten dollars digital, twenty dollars print, thirty dollars limited. Boom. Right, right. Don't right. make it complicated. No, so right, it's yeah, definitely. Sweet. Um, I've never played Apocalypse uh, Engine, but a lot of folks like Apocalypse Engine. We should try it sometime. Um, yeah, I, I definitely. If we don't play it in our gaming group, it's got to be one of those. I, I, I have to tick that box at like a Gen Con or something. Yeah, Usually, oh, a Gen a Con point. is where I get experience in games that I have been meaning to get experience in. But I. That's I actually a really good yet. point. So anyway. Okay. Faith No More has its own RPG. So good for them. So sweet. Yeah. Cool. Right. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you for the news this week, Dan. We had one dud and one spud rocket, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. What do you call it? I saw that, yeah. and it tickled my fancy. I was like, oh, wow. I hope, Wow. What if this becomes a thing? Nope. It's not going to become a thing. <laughs> not going to become a thing. <laughs> well, I mean, look at like the conversation that we just had for on with free radicals. Yeah. Um, and how hard that guy went to go get a publisher for right. Uh, and shrunk right. his and, and refined his game. And you can't just come up with a cool idea. It takes, it, it takes a different amount of work to become a, a, a published game designer. 
And I think as a consumer, right, like that's the that's the danger of Kickstarter sometimes is that you look at some of these games, and you're like, oh, this is a really cool idea. But these games aren't often as vetted as the ones that like the big publishers are putting out, right? Yeah. Those big publishers will have play testers and play testers and play testers and they'll have, you know, their game editors being like, you know, that's one faction too many. How do we do this with five yeah. instead of eight or something like that? You know what I mean? And, and um, you know, how's the art style and stuff like that? So, you know, with Kickstarter, like that's kind of the charm is that like anybody can put anything up there and maybe you hit it big. Yeah. You know, it's but the at the same time. That's one of the risks, right? So, yeah. And yeah. and there could be genius stuff that comes out on that, and you could get in on the ground floor. But just because right. it's on there, you don't don't get – I learned not to turn off my FOMO when it comes to Kickstarter. Yeah, um, yeah. Because it's – it ain't – usually it's it ain't worth it, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I agree. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, hey, my friend, let's get to our main topic tonight. Yeah. Uh, again, it is to paint or not to paint part two. Part so we've two. had a, a maturation of sorts. Yeah. That has that has happened. And uh, and being an avid painter myself, um, a, a little flame of hope has kindled in my soul as I have watched you take your first steps. <laughs> On your painting journey, <laughs> do you feel a little, a little flutter, a little flutter? It does. In your heart? Yes, it is. It's there, my friend. It's there. So our last so, episode, if you want to review, yeah. it, it's around episode fifty-two. It might be fifty-one, fifty-two, fifty-three, um, in our episode order. If if you're um, looking looking for where that was, I, I I don't have our our episode numbering right in front of us, but. Um, I think the takeaway was my point of having that conversation was you're buying games, you're drowning in boring plastic minis. Right. Should you just, is it worth it to kind of put out crappy paint and feel crappy about it? Or is it better just to leave them gray and talking to you and Jay it was like, there's no reason you should ever leave them gray. <laughs> You cannot. The eternal war is waging, my friend. The war. You have to fight the fight. The war on gray. And I, I, um, I was, you know, I was willing to do that. I think I, I'm, I'm getting excited about painting. So what kind of really changed? I think, um, you know, getting a lot of cheap minis through Simon minis, great minis through yeah. basically miniature market, with, um, so with Rise of Moloch, um, Smog, um. Uh, world of smog uh miniature market was just i thought they were they had like did it like a 60 percent cut around new year's yeah and then they just did a march madness sale where they cut everything by like 66 percent and it wow. was like and stuff was selling out and stuff that i wanted and yeah. i put like an email alert when it got to low stock to email me it got to low stock and they sold out because they just slashed all the prices so i now have three more boxes of minis on a game oh, wow. i haven't played yet uh, so that's really stupid right don't buy expansions for a game you might hate this is what not to do but i love the minis and they're really cool they're really so, cool um yeah. but but i've also have all the expa every expansion for uh journeys of middle earth and these minis are really well done 
And um, I don't like, I, I can't get into sprues right now. I like them already prefab. Um, you okay. Know, I haven't, I haven't been gluing, haven't been punching and gluing sprues. I haven't done that. But I, I like popping open the box and having great minis and going, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, these look cool. So Which which those are usually, you know, the uh, a little bit softer PVC um, mm-hmm. uh, plastic. It's not like the hard, hard plastic that you'll get with GW. Um, you know, yeah. which is fine. And actually what happens, uh, this happened with the uh, Dark Souls uh-huh. box that I had, is that some of the swords were a little bent. Um, a little bit. You know, a little bit. They were a little, uh, they were a little flaccid, spears. you could say. Yeah, I've got the some spears, spears that are kind of at a weird angle. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. here's the trick. You boil some water, get it as hot as you can, dip the mini in there for about 30 seconds. Yeah. Straighten it out and then plunge it immediately into ice water. Yeah, we had to do that with the Watsi lightsabers. Let me just say, oh, that's o- right, that's Obi Wan right. was. <laughs> Obi Wan was. Schwartz was not he, good. He was huh? not impressing anyone, and that 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 trick can work. Um, your mileage may vary a little bit, but it can work. So it depends on the plastic, right? Because um, I yeah. can't do it as well with the GW plastic. No. Um, if something bends, but the the softer PVC stuff that right. a lot of these um. Um, box games like uh, the Steamforged. Um, is that that Steamworks? Maybe Steamforged. The ones that do um, the Dark Souls, and then also yeah. a lot of the Simon ones are are the softer PVC resin and, ones. And those Watsi minis with the lightsabers, they made they did use translucent translucent plastic, which was very uh, very soft. Yeah, very yeah. pliable. Every lightsaber I have from the whole set is in some. So you have to wink at all of them and say, oh, I'm just not going to care, you know, because yeah. they're pre-painted. You rip them out. Anyway, so 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 here, I have, yeah. I've got a question for you. So shoot, you said what changed was that you got all these minis and they're gorgeous minis. They're amazing minis. And you're like, I yes, these can't sit in plastic. But but how are you kind of feeling about the idea of painting? Like because I well, I know that you had a whole bunch of orcs from the, you know, um, Lord of the Rings stuff already. Yeah. And, and like, how, how did you feel about like taking the painting journey right, you know, before then, like, Um, where were you at? I, I, I don't know what snapped. I think I just decided to just do it. I did get kind of excited about, uh, speed paint from, um, uh, the army painter and it's okay. also called contrast paint if you're talking games workshop yeah the citadel and stuff right spe- you know it's like i want to first of all i bought a set of paints from the army painter like five years ago which was a ba- okay four years ago which was a basic set i used it to paint battle stations right okay okay and this is a very simple set that's the set is, is still available today it's MSRP. And for this episode, guys, I'm not pimping anything. I'm just going to tell you what I bought so you just know. And I'm not going to try to obscure brands or stores I bought things from. I'm not, we're we're not getting a nickel from anybody we're talking about. This is just my journey. So it was a, it was a paint set that I got through, you know, must've been like four or five years ago. It, it basically had a black, a white, a green, a brown, a red, a yellow, a, you know, a flesh, had a metal paint in it, and it also had an ink wash. Okay. In strong tone. Now, it, yep. um, which, by the way, the army ta- army painter strong tone is one of the best washes out there, in my opinion. Well, and I was afraid to use it because the bottle yeah. that I had from five years ago said ink, and I was thinking India uh, ink. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not yeah. going to put this on anything. What's this for? Yeah. I didn't know enough about it. 
to kind of play. So I've, I've had this in a box. I, everything is still perfectly fine. You know, I screwed the lids on tight, got it out this week. And um, I already had that on hand. So let me tell you about the stuff that I bought. So I decided to do this because yep. I, I was thinking, well, if I'm going to just paint kind of on the side and just kind of slowly beat, beat the war on gray, I need a priming solution. I made a conscious decision not to get an airbrush. I priced it yep. out. I thought about it. I'm not going to be able the, the 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 wife committee will not want me to run an air compressor in the house. <laughs> I have an air compressor for woodworking that sounds like a Sikorsky. And so I don't want to have a, I just don't want to be around an air compressor uh, because for the record, the yeah. airbrush air compressors aren't nearly as loud. I and mean, I, they are loud, but they're not nearly as, they're not as a Korsky. Well, when, when my, my mom in the eighties and nineties was a painter and she airbrushed paint and she had, she was airbrushing all the time. And I oh, was what's around... this bigger paint stuff? Yeah, well, yeah, she, I, you know, I imagine her compressor things. was like three times the size of these airbrushes. Oh yeah, I'm sure it was. It, it was the size. I don't know. It was. Uh, it was at least three feet long. Oh and yeah, about, you know, eight <laughs> inches wide and about a foot and a half tall. Yeah, I think so, mine's like eight inches long. Yeah, you know? I, I know it's not the same thing. I know it's not the same yeah. thing. But I, I, I but made still, a decision I not you. to. I have other gear I need to buy for woodworking, and I didn't want to die on my sword uh, or my shield. You yeah, know, I didn't yeah. want to come. I didn't yeah. want to jump on that. So I decided, look, I, I need something that has a lower barrier of entry. I don't want to set up an airbrush space in my basement. I don't want to find a place for all of that junk. So I want to use rattle cans. You want to know why the barrier of en barrier to entry is $5 a rattle can. Right. Right. Yeah, and absolutely. I, and so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm just going to rattle can. And I bought, um, uh, oh, geez, I didn't even, I should have got them out They're They're in the other. Was it Rust-Oleum? I think it's the Rust-Oleum. It's the one they had yeah. at uh, Home Depot. And it was paint primer mixed. I got a white mat, uh, a flat, a white flat, a black flat, and I got yeah. a kind of a ivory, fleshy satin that I haven't nice. even opened yet. And um, I've been looking at these videos, and I'm like, well, the weather's warm now. I can go out. I can, you know... You know, throw down a drop cloth in my yard and 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 just just spray paint, call it call it good, you know, and just do it. And I learned about Zenithal priming, and I hated yeah. the word Zenithal, and I realized it's a technical term. It's from term. It's from the word zenith, which means the upper yep. point. So for all of our listeners who have no idea what I'm talking about, I thought Zenithal was some geek decided to like name a priming nice. style after his character. I'm like, this yeah. better not be a geek thing. This better be a real damn thing. And it was. It was a real thing. It's based on the word Zenith. And so what you do is you do a nice black flat and you just cover everything in black or some other dark color. Sometimes black is not preferred, but for what I'm doing, black was okay. Yeah. Um, and you just cover everything in black. Don't go too heavy with it. Be judicious cover it, walk away, come back, and then at a 45 degree angle, paint a good splash of white on it yep. to simulate lighting. And what that did is it gave, uh, it gives, you, you get some nice natural shadows in the contours of the mini. Uh, yep. Even if you're painting, uh, and you know all this stuff. I, I'm it's a quick, it's a quick way of, of getting some highlights where the light should be hitting your miniature. Yes. And right. what, my purpose of this this episode is to tell the non-painters in our audience. Right. Yes. To say you could have good results, good results that exceed your expect, expectations with a, a relatively low barrier to entry. 
and it can be right. interesting and fun, and I exceeded my own expectations. So I'm going to tell you from a noob point of view. I'm not an expert. I'm not good. I just wanted my minis to be good enough to put on the table without feeling embarrassed like I did with my uh, Battle Stations minis. Right. <laughs> so, um, so I did the Zenithal priming thing and learned, here's, here's a tip, uh, point everyone's faces towards your can. I was doing 90 mini, 90 minis, probably too many, <laughs> but I got to do a big batch and I knew I could do a big batch. Right. And so I was like, yeah. oh, I'll just throw these out on this board. I had a, um, like a 10 inch by, uh, a four foot board that was just scrap wood. And I put it between two painting sock horses and, and went to town, but I just threw the minis on there. Oh, did some of them blow off? Well, just the Balrog because he had big, big, big uh, okay. wings that caught the wind. Okay. But um, what happened was, is I was Zenithal pro. I was backlighting a lot of minis that weren't facing me. Oh. And so I, I came oh, man, around. That's not terrible. I did the front and I did the back, but I could definitely tell, especially when it came to human faces, they needed the light base, not the black base. Um, uh, so that's just a tip. If you're going to try this, look, the method totally works. You never spray the spray can directly on the minis. I had a piece of cardboard on the left and a piece of cardboard on the right. And I would do an upside down U shape. I would start spray the cardboard, get that bit out, drag it from left to right or right to left. And then yep. downward U on the cardboard where I would f finish, where I would release press. And sometimes the spatters or it would hit my finger or whatever would, it would spatter that way worked yeah. like a charm i didn't overdo it everybody's like never use rattle can because you'll kill uh details well, um, i said that you said and that. i still stand by it because I, look i i the reason i said that is that yeah. i have done it before but you're not the only one you're yeah. not the only one yeah yeah if you're judicious now let me tell you i did this process i must have did one coat full black and then one kind of 60 70 percent white so a zenithal so they've already gotten like you know Parts of the minis have about, you know, two coats of primer on them. There are yeah. tiny, minute details that I never saw on these minis when they were just gray. That's another thing why yeah. you should think about painting. Yes. I, yeah. I mean, you know, Legolas's, um, uh, the thing you put your arrows in, what's it? Quiver has Quiver. Yep. fantastic details. Bilbo is carrying around Sting, tiny little elvish little arcs and weaves in it. There was, there was a shield on one of the um, Rohan, Lady Fighters of Rohan. She has this wooden shield. Yeah. You can get up and you can see where the swords have gone in there. And these are small minis. These are not, um, these are the smaller, like 27 millimeter scale. Right. Not right, the okay. larger hero scale that you would get. Yep, 32 so millimeter usually. If you do like 167% prime, right, on these minis, there's lots of great detail, minute detail. Now, I didn't yep. go back and do it a third and fourth time. I can't speak to that. But Gandalf's beard has all of its hair in it. And I don't let that, I wouldn't let that dis discourage anybody, especially somebody who doesn't want to buy air compressor and individually Zenithal Prime every mini. And and we know that one of the advantages of rattle cans is is you can do large quantities relatively quickly, which for it, sure it did. And it yeah. was great. In fact I was just gonna say that like with ninety minis, like listen, I've got an airbrush and I have I have primed a lot of minis. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. even a lot of minis at once. Um but there's no way I can beat the speed of a rattle can, even with an airbrush. No. No. You know, so uh I I 
I totally understand where you're coming from. And even though like Rattle Can is not my favorite of, uh, no, you know, primate. It's, it's a compromised choice. Yeah, for sure. But you know what? Like it's still a, a very valid choice. And um, I think I pointed you to the video from Vince Venturella. Yeah, I watched about, it many times. You know, it's very good. Yeah, there's like a whole like the, the complete guide to priming miniatures, right? And yeah. they had a whole section on rattle cans. I copied Which him. I think, uh, yeah, which, uh, like he's, he's uh, he'll tell you the best way to prime terrain pieces is absolutely with a rattle can, right? Like, because yeah. they're big and easy. And, and I've seen him do smaller minis with rattle cans too, but um it, it was, I thought it was a very good tutorial. So if you are going to do it, like go check that video out. I think it's an important one to watch. It is. It is. And you can do, if you're judicious and you you know that you can, going overboard is the wrong thing, rein yourself in. If it looks primed, it's primed enough for for a newbie painter. Just just say, okay, it's primed. Let's move on to the next step. Don't, yeah. know, more is not better. You have yep. to hit just the right amount. So I did that. And that turned out great. So I also ordered um, a kit, a starter kit of um, contrast paints. This one was about fifty bucks. It came from Army Painter. Um, it came with some summer undergrowth um, grassy stuff around, you know, that you can base your minis with. I haven't. Oh used yeah, it. yeah, some tufts. Yeah, I haven't, yep. I haven't busted it out, out of the plastic. But what it came with is ten. Um, 10 uh, bottles that are pretty good size. They're the standard bottles. And so you're looking at about $5 a bottle-ish, right? Okay. I don't know what the cost of the, the Tufts are, the uh, summer undergrowth grassy crap is. But but anyway, you're um, in the, fi- it's you're like in the $5. It's like $8. Okay, so you're, you're in the $5 range. I went to Hobby Lobby and was looking at, you know, model paints, same size bottle, same price. So I can't yeah. even say that the speed paint was overpriced well let me uh let me give some comparisons so uh that model paint that you saw at hobby lobby um as much as you're tempted to be like oh this is great for minis uh usually the pigmentation in it is is not good right Um, miniature paint is the way it is because it has a lot of pigmentation in it, which means that you can thin it way down and mm-hmm. get like those little details, right? Right. Uh, the that the craft like model paint that you can get there, like that's great if you're painting like a big wooden block or something like that. Well, or, I'm talking you know, about the this was in the miniature section. Oh, interesting. Which I'm uh, was it about, Vallejo? I'm talking. Yeah, it was Vallejo. Oh, okay, in okay, In the okay, miniature okay. section with the models, so okay, I didn't cool. buy anything that was not on that aisle. Okay, so in, in that mini, case, mini, okay, I, I got gotcha. you. Mini, mini yeah. land. So um, the the real paint to compare the speed paint to is obviously G, uh, GW's or Citadel's contrast, contrast paint, paint, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was watching a review about it the other day, and um, they were saying that you get roughly um, roughly the same amount for about half the price because the contrast mm-hmm. a pot of contrast paint is about $9 a pot. Yeah. Eight uh-huh. or $9 a pot. Uh-huh. And I think, I don't know if you have the fluid ounces um, there on the bottle with I you. I don't. I, oh, the fluid ounces for this speed paint. This is 18 milliliters um, yeah. in the contrast one. Made and I think it's like 10 milliliters in the speed paint. Uh, it doesn't even 
18 mil 18 milliliters oh it is yeah so 18. it's the same amount and so it's uh citadel's like double the price then yes and let me if tell you're you getting it for about five dollars a bottle then um you know contrast i was paying nine dollars a bottle let me tell you let me I'll, I'll get to a point in this discussion where that may not be a bad deal okay mm-hmm. um but let me work up to that point sure. okay so you've all right newbies i'm talking to i'm not talking to justin i'm talking to my newbies out there my brothers <laughs> people who don't want to paint people are like please don't talk about painting i hate the idea of painting i was in the i hate the idea of painting camp there's a whole podcast about it so i'm like okay i'm gonna try this out and i'm just gonna see what i can do so i got this contrast paint i have the small kit um that only has um seven eight nine ten colors there's only ten colors in it has little mixer balls inside which are cute you know when you shake them you can hear these little balls rattling around like a little rattle can which is cute but um it's not a lot of colors. They have a pallid bone, a yellow, an orange, a red, a purple, a kind of a, a royal blue, kind of a, a lime green, a brown leather, a crusader skin, and graveyard gray. So it's very, very basic set. So I have, a, I have two sets of almost the same colors, right? I've got the opaque side yeah. and I have the speed paint side. The speed paint I used... 90% of the time. And I only use, I use 95% of the time. I only use the, the opaque stuff that I had that I bought four or five years ago, just for little, little bits and little bits here and there. Uh-huh. So what I did is I said, okay, well, I started with these orcs cause I got about a three dozen orcs throughout all these, all these upgrades. And I really didn't like their, their lime orc skin that, that came in the palette. So oh, let, let me, before yeah. I get into this, let me tell you about how this stuff works. So you've Zenithal primed your guys. So you have a dark black and you have a white, white, and you have some shades of gray in between. So let's just say for, for, for rounding purposes, they're already painted three colors right now, just by priming, priming. They're painted white, they're painted mid-tone gray and black, black. Yeah. What the speed paint gives you is three more colors. It gives you a highlight color a mid-tone color and a shadow color all in one bottle. But you say, Dan, how is that possible? Well, as the pig, because the viscosity of the paint is different than a regular um, uh, acrylic paint, it runs differently. And yeah. it is looking for the crevices. It wants to shove itself in the crevices, stick to the crevices and thicken up um, and get dark. And on the, on the highlighted side, on the more rounder side, where it's spread a little thinner, you get the highlight tone, and then everything else, you get kind of a nice medium tone. So let yeah. me tell you what you have here, newbies. You just Zenithal primed your minis, so you've got three colors there, and now you're going to add three more colors. Just If you just use one color, if you just mm-hmm. use hardened leather, which I did for these uh, wargs, these these wolves, you know, the, the wolf yep, riders. Yep. All I did was Zenithal prime them and color them with the hardened leather brown, and that's it. That's all, and they look amazing. So yeah. let's say you have um, dexterity issues. Let's say you don't want to paint because your handshake. Yeah. When you slap on the speed paint, it the, one of the pros. Uh, the pro is 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 that it'll find those crevices. The con is is it will if you put if you put extra on it, it'll just run down your model because that right. viscosity, right? 
Yep. It, that's not a bad thing. It is feature and bug. But if you your handshake, you can do a Zenithal Prime with a rattle can, and you can do one color on um, on Army Painter Speed Paint, and you have a six color mini in those two steps. And yeah. because it splotches around, you just kind of get a kind of a decent brush splotched around, let it dry, and maybe color the the base black, or put a, some green grassy stuff around the base, and you're done. There's nothing yeah. else you need to do. Now, right. I did more than that, okay? Because, you know, I, I was an art minor in college. I wanted to do more than that. <laughs> um, but that's really cool. Let me just tell you. You will, so you're, you've got, it, um, Jason picked up my minis and said, did you airbrush these? I said, no, none of it. None of it's airbrushed. Right. So with a minimal investment where you don't have a big machine, where you're not cleaning the brush and buying the things to clean your airbrush and worrying about this and worrying about that, you can get some great results. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think especially like if you um, are careful about how much you put on in the areas, right? Like um, you... You know, if you put on a little bit and you're like, oh, I could use a little bit more, then you can always add a little bit more. If you if you just like start like slopping it on there, it may be a little bit much, right? But if you put on the right amount, like yep. that right amount will definitely seep into the crevices and it'll make your shadows look shadowy. It'll make your highlights look highlighty and you just really put one coat but on. But I'm telling you, you know what I mean? I'm telling you newbies out there, I'm not talking to Justin. I'm talking yeah. to my noob slopping it on. You'll get a decent result. I'm not even joking. I did my wolves like that. I did my spiders like that. I did these worms crawling out of the ground. Um, so because everything that won't stick to it just runs off of it anyway. So it mm-hmm. is messy. Okay. So then I'm like, okay, I got to do some multicolor stuff, right? So I started mixing the green because I used to paint acrylic canvases. So I know how to mix colors in a palette. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to use two parts green of this lime green and one part blood red. And that should give me not necessarily a, it should really darken the, this, yeah. this goblin color or the, the orc color. I want to, I wanted, I, I was going yeah, for you're screen detaturating that green a little bit, right? Now, let me tell you, here's one of the pros and cons of speed paint. You start mixing two paints together. It'll work fine. But you remember you're mixing three colors and three colors together. Right. right. Think that through. Now you add a third color in there. You're in brown territory. You're in mud. Yeah, for sure. So don't get too crazy. Like for instance, like I could buy just the a primary color set of acrylic paint and do a whole canvas and mix my own colors all day long because I know how to do that. Yeah. Speed paint is better when you are judicious with your mixing, um, which I found out the hard way, right? Because I mixed a lot of crappy colors that that weren't any good. Right. Um. And the other thing is when you're painting your mini multiple colors, like for instance, I went from the orcs, which turned out okay, to these kind of ghost warriors, you know, the armies of the dead, you know, the skeletons. So I wanted the skeletons to have a a green hue kind of from the movie, but I also wanted it to be not lime greeny. So I wanted to mix it with blue and then their, their bones are kind of yellow and their armor's kind of gray. Look, that's a lot of colors to, to use on speed paint. <laughs> on a small one, yeah. And yeah. on a small mini. So I, I'm, not, I'm not as happy with those because I, I had to learn kind of the hard way of really don't, don't expect to be layering speed paint on top of speed paint like you could easily with an acrylic, uh, a, a more a, a traditional one color, you know, diluted, you know, that you dilute and mix um, 
Oh, yeah, I think paint. I think if you want to layer it on there, you really you've got to really put the first layer of speed paint on and then let really let it cure. Like you have uh -huh. got to let it cure, otherwise it'll mix, right? Yeah, Instead it will. Of tint. And, and when you, when you start yeah. and and when you mix, I wanted to see what would happen if I mixed opaque opaque paint with speed paint, and they uh -huh. didn't mix very well, and you yeah. lose kind of what you're paying for in the speed paint. Which yeah, was and, a that, and that really comes down to the medium that they use, right? Yeah. Like the medium uh -huh. in the um, in the opaque ones are very uh, uh, water-based ones. Yes. Like it's uh, it's pretty much water in there, right? Uh -huh. And the speed paint ones got the gel medium um, that uh, lets it flow a little bit better. So it's weird, man. You can yeah. clean your now. You 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 have contrast paint. Tell me if you yep. have a different yep. experience. My brushes clean pretty much okay with water. Yep. However, I get that stuff in my skin. I need mineral spirits to get it off my skin. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, um, mineral spirits shouldn't really affect it that much just because it's an acrylic. It's still an acrylic-based thing, and yeah. uh, mineral spirits really only works with oil. So that, that's kind of an interesting I think reaction. It, it kind of reminded me of some of the woodworking stuff that I have. I've got some one paint. Like a varnish or there's, something like that? There's a, a, one, there's a bunch of products by Minwax and Rust-Oleum yeah. where you just yeah. – you can you can um, stain and seal in one coat, and so every, it's very similar. It's, it's funny you mentioned that. Um, Army Painter had this whole thing about like, and it was a joke for a long time about the min wax dip. Yeah. Okay, and you as... would paint your miniature, and you would dip it literally in the minwax stuff, and pull it out, and like it. upside, and shake it off, and then let it settle. And everyone's like, "Wow, that's an amazing wash!" And that's kind of like how their strong tone works. And they even have like instructions on how to dip your miniatures in strong tone. Like they have a whole can for it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so and people went online and went. Yeah. We found the same thing. At the you can yeah. find the exact same thing at a fraction of the price at, at, at yeah. Home Depot or Lowe's. I found it. I was going to do that. I found a lot of those came out looking a little on the eh. brownie dirty side. Yeah, definitely. And I yeah. was willing. I wanted to just experiment with this and and see how it goes. So one of the areas that we do need to talk about is metallic paints and mixing. A met I only have one metallic paint. I only have one bottle. Yeah. Um, okay. And it's a silver. So oh, interesting. What, okay. What metallic paint is going to do, it's going to erase your xenothal. Yes. And it's going to, you know, not, it just doesn't really play well with the speed paint. But if you're doing swords and armor and stuff like that, you may want it. Now, this was where the wash came in handy because this, I, I would you, you would paint the metallic silver paint, or at least I would, and it looked uh -huh. very kind of G.I. Joe plasticky, right? Yep. It was very fresh, right? Yes. Almost too new looking. Too new, which was fine for like the certain soldiers that would have perfectly polished armor. Does not work for orcs. Right. However, as soon as I put that wash stuff over, it kept the shine, it kept the metallic look but I gave it the right amount of dirty and it gave it some depth and some shadow. It kind of was compensating doing a little bit of a speed paint thing. And I really learned yeah. to like that wash. I was afraid to even touch it. And I'm just like, well, I'm already messing up all these minis. And that's the thing is you got to give yourself, uh, uh, you get, you got to give yourself room to suck at this stuff. You'll have more oh, fun sure. if you just say, I'm going to paint some minis and they're going to suck. And I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. Look, the worst case scenario, worst case scenario is that you gotta drop the mini in a Tupperware full of um, what is that purple cleaner stuff? Oh, to strip it. 
Yeah, and just strip it. And yeah. and like after two days, like all the acrylic stuff comes off. I mean, you can also put it in um, um, ninety nine percent. What is that? That not acetone. The nail polish remover. Alcohol, isopropyl alcohol. Isopropyl. 90, you know, it? yeah, ninety percent isopropyl alcohol. You put that in, like you drop your miniature in there, and like you'll come back after a day with a toothbrush and all that all of that acrylic paint is gone that's the worst case scenario yeah you know what i mean like is that you strip the mini of its paint and you start over i mean you know you don't like it nine times out of ten you can just paint over it yeah start over you can just paint over it yeah. just just I start on just prime it again it's a little <laughs> bit know? more than i've done that before yeah, yeah so I've done it before. That, I, I, I didn't have to do that with any. One of the things I gave myself permission to do was to learn how to do it. So I started with the orcs. Yeah. And orcs are great because they're messy. And yes. they'll yes. hide a lot of your own, they'll hide your mistakes. And you say, oh, well, that's just character. Not like doing an elf, right? Right. You know, that would be the opposite. Or the hero mini. People don't want their hero minis to look janky. Right. So right. my Aragorn and my Boromir and those guys, Boromir has all this shiny armor. I got to, in Legolas, you know, you got to get these guys close to looking cool. Otherwise, you know, yeah. why bother? So learn, give yourself some practice on some minis where you're like, well, that one turned out crappy and just set it aside and move on to the next one. Don't go back and fix the crappy one. I agree. And I 100% so, agree. Yeah, I, I would say on the speed paint, up to two or three colors is great. Use use some opaques to do highlights for like brows, your eyebrows and noses with a with a um, that's a good idea. You know, with yeah. um with with an opaque, just regular acrylic. Um, sometimes you'll want to use some black, some dark acrylic to put some shadows on things, or just to kind of dirty things up if they look too clean. If you don't have access to a you know, um, an ink, but I think that that one bottle of ink, now you can buy this $35 kit today, which comes with one bottle of silver, one bottle of wash. Now yeah. I do have a bone to pick with army painter. Okay. And maybe this is a noob mistake. So guess what noobs? I'm, I make mistakes too. I'll tell you all about them. Pallid bone, right? Which is their light tan kind of deserty tan yeah. speed paint. Um, I, you know, pull the lid off and I'm getting very small quantities out of the bottle. And as oh. a dude, my first impulse is to squeeze harder. <laughs> oh no. So squeezing you harder. You popped the top off, didn't you? Knock the top off. <laughs> now there's two little metal balls rolling around in here. Yeah. And I said, okay, so a whole bunch got on my hands that took a long time to clean. A whole bunch got on my melamine surface, took a bunch, oh, no. took some time to clean. And a lot of it just went inside of, you know, those um, those little, you know, eight half circle bubble palette I was using. You can get like okay, all right, eight all or right. ten of them for like five bucks, right? Yeah. And a lot of that caught most of it, right? Okay. And I said to myself, you know, I can put some of this back in the bottle. I can put the lid back on. I can clean myself up. It's just not, it's going to be fine. I kind of like this color. You know, my orcs have this kind of desert orc look about them. Um, yeah. And I'm like... I wanted to play with the color and I liked it. I'm going to put it back in and give it another go. So I put yeah. it back in. I give it another go. I shake the can around. I start squeezing the bottle. Same thing happens. It pops off faster. It all comes out of the bottle into oh, those. And no. so I have three of those half circle things full up with speed paint, pallid bone. 
And I'm like, okay, every orc is getting pallid bone. I started looking around the 90 minis going, you get some pallid bone and you get some pallid bone. And I started running out of pallid bone. Then I realized my my trolls had actual bones for weapons. And I'm like, oh no, I'm running out of pallid bone and and I need bone. And you know, like the, the, <laughs> the war funny. elephant that I had needed bone for his, for his yeah. tusks and stuff. So um, I guess the noob mistake is don't squeeze harder if it's not coming out. Yeah, there's a, there's clearly a clog in there, probably a little yeah. bit dried up, right, in shipment or whatever. Something. So I just so I threw out the yeah. lid and I'm just using it as an open hole. You know, I put the oh, cap gotcha. back on, okay. but I, the the, yeah, the yeah, eyedropper yeah. lid I just threw in the trash and said, yeah, that makes sense. But there's hardly so any I'll, left here. So I'll say this, and this is where you were talking about probably the comparison to Citadel stuff, right? So Citadel comes uh, like the contrast paints come in one of their large pots, right? It's actually not quite as big as some of their um, large wash pots. So it's probably like, I don't know, an inch and a half tall, right? And probably an inch wide, like in in, in diameter. Um, here's the problem with these pots. Yeah. Like you open it up and it has this little thing on the back that lets you like leave it popped open, right? which is great for contrast because you want to have it there and dip your brush in, paint, 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 dip your brush in, paint, 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 dip your brush in, paint, paint, paint. Google Nuln Oil Disasters, N-U-L-N Oil Disasters, or Agrax Earthshade Spill. Oh, yeah. I mean, because what happens is, and I, you can see my table, like if you ever see a picture of it, you'll see where I spilled Nuln Oil. And Agrax or Shade. And like, really? look, these bottles are like $9 and you spill half of it out. You're like, oh. Because you accidentally, t- you accidentally hit your brush on it weird and it just tips over, right? Yeah, and they're roundy and just shapes. Starts... They've got round yeah, bottoms. Yeah, exactly. So um, there's like 3D printers have like, you know, like you can get these 3D printed oh, no. things that are like like uh, bottle holders, basically. You know, that you stick it in and like it, it won't tip, you know? Um, so... That that is the issue, in my opinion, with the GW ones, and and it's not exclusive to contrast paints. Like it happens all the time with yeah. um, the the washes because they're a little bit taller, so they're a little bit top heavy, mm. and um, everybody hates the GW pots. Everybody hates them because the paint dries out. They so what happens is paint gets on the seal on the outside oh, no. as you're pulling paint out, and it dries, and then you go to close it, and it's not airtight. So oh. if you're not using that, that pot regularly, if I, if I went back six months later, it's probably dried out. And you're like, great, I just used it for like a little bit, you know? Yeah. So and now you're like, okay, well, that's 10 bucks in the trash. You'll see a lot of the pro painters, they will transfer their pots to the little dropper bottles. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't have the time or patience to do it. Yeah, but, I mean, you getting know. out of funnel and all that stuff. So yeah. it was a dumb mistake. And I know better, and I'm like, well, there's a difference between making a mistake once and going, oh, that was a fluke, and not knowing <laughs> that there's probably a deeper problem why that happened. Yeah. Um, so I was a little irritated by that. I think the reason why they have these metal balls in there, which you can buy separately, is because these um, these speed paints need more stirring than just shaking two or three times. You mm. need to give yeah. them a little bit yep. more shake. Because I'm yep. guessing things are going to settle. There's different pigments that are settling at different um, at different weights in the bottle. Now, here's another thing that we need to remember to tell our listeners. If you're using speed paint, 
there is the color that you see on the label. There is the <laughs> color you see when you put yeah. it in your palette. Yeah. There is the color you see when you first paint it. And then there's the color you see when it dries, which is yeah. pretty close to the label. But yeah. let me tell you, you can pull, you can paint with Crusader skin and think you're painting with iodine orange. And right. you're like, there's something wrong here. You put it on the mini and you're like, oh, okay, everybody's African-American. That's cool. I'm not racist. Everybody can be African-American. That's cool. That's cool. That's cool. No, I'm down with it. I'm down with it. And then it dries lighter, right? Yeah. Which meant I had an, Afri yeah. an African-American mini. I had to figure out what I was at. I'm like, okay, I got to darken her up a little bit. But, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, well, you know, it's funny because uh, I think that there, that varies from from literally bottle to bottle. You know, um, yeah. because I could like, and not just thinking speed paint, but I've got a brown that's a Citadel brown called Mornfane Brown. Yeah. The way that it paints on, it looks like a very rich leather, but then when it dries, it's much, much lighter, oh. you know, and I love the color of what it is when it dries. But every time I put it on, I'm like, this is going to contract, like it, it's, it's going to be a problem. Like, yeah. It's going to con like. It's it's got bad contrast with all the other colors around it because but when it dries it looks amazing, you know what I mean. Right. And so it's really funny because like you you almost have to get to know the paints a little bit, right? Like to know how they're gonna like turn out. And so, as a noob, that's hard. You're, it's yeah. hard to do. It's like why would I put this color on this beautiful elven yeah. princess? I'm worried about the outcome that I'm doing, right? And you got you got to yeah. give yourself permission to screw up a little bit and see how it goes trial and error well and i think yeah and i think that it's important that um people do kind of what you did right take your take like if you've got a horde of minis like 20 miniatures like test it out on one of those first test it out or before you before you start working on your quote-unquote heroes or yes, centerpiece ones i did you know the what heroes I mean? absolute last i kept my yep. balrog and my heroes and i did my balrog before i was going to do the heroes because i knew that was the showpiece that everybody was going to pick up the balrog and look at it nobody was going to yeah. pick up bilbo but bilbo was way harder than the balrog yeah quite frankly um, even though the light is coming from the Balrog, right? Because he's right. on fire and he's producing his own light. But doing a large group of minis is great for this technique because I had an assembly line going where I was using, this is a technique I saw on um, Goober Hobby Town or Goober Town Hobbies. He, his videos were really inspiring for me to get into the speed paint. And I was like, yeah, I'll give this a go. I think I can do it. You have like a chunk of wood or a dowel that's cut with a piece of blue tack. This is like the cheap way to hold your minis because you don't want to be picking up your yep. minis. Even with a rubber glove, you still don't want to be actually touching the minis, even on areas that you're not supposed to be painting because you're going to get, yep. you're going to cross contaminate paint all over the place. So I had, I had these little like pieces of wood where I had three pieces of blue tack and three minis. Usually I'd get them in the same identical minis in the same pose and I could see, oh, I missed the, I missed the tricep on this one orc. I'll need to go back. I did, right. I got two right. out of three and I forgot one. I need to go back in three. That was helpful. It also allowed me to just push them left to right as an army. And I would yep. just, I had so many of them by the time, you know, I would say, okay, I'm going to do this color now and I'm going to do every single, I'm going to put this color somewhere on these minis someplace. And by the time I got to the end of it, the, the, the front of the line was dry and the back of the line was red and we just kept an assembly line going. So yeah. in some yeah. ways, welcome to super batch painting, right? Like you were, 
You were, that was like batch painting on steroids well, and, just because you're moving <laughs> through them so fast. If you're going to do 36 <laughs> minis great. at the same time, it's great. But it, it yeah. also improved my technique because I could just say, I'm yes. going to paint this one color. I don't have to remix it 17 times, 36 times. I'm going to mix it once. Everybody's going to get this color, and then it's going to dry. And then right. I'm going to do something right. else. And that really came in handy when you bring in your second color. Because when you're, when you're using yeah, speed sure. paints and contrast paints, if you're not fully dry – you will pull you will pull in the last color into your new color in ways that maybe an opaque paint still will but not as weird because remember the contrast paint and the speed paint wants to move around viscously so it will take a color from the face and drag it down the, the shoulder or something like that right you don't want to you don't want to do that you don't want to do that so you know it's funny somebody asked me the other day they said like you know how how should how can i kind of level up my painting and I asked them, I said, have you painted a 2,000-point army yet? You know what I mean? And they said, no, not not even close. I said, do that, do a 2,000-point army, and then come back and talk to me. And the reason why, and like I'm not, I wasn't trying to be a jerk or anything like that, you know, but the reason why is when you paint 40 of the same model yeah. or like similar models, like by the end, your technique for the edge highlighting that you were doing mm -hmm. or – or whatever, like vastly increases, just as you were talking about, right? Like your technique at the end, you're like, I totally know what to do here. Yeah. You know, and you're building that muscle memory. And, and it takes reps, just like anything yep. else, right? It's like, don't, yep. you know, for instance, if I was painting, I, we talk about Space Marines a lot. And if I just wanted table ready, I would feel totally comfortable using this technique. And, and I, it, yeah. it, like for instance, if you don't want to, send your minis to have somebody else paint them or pay for a pre-painted army and you wanted to buy the sprues, glue them together and paint them yourself. Now, that's no longer a thing where you're going to be like embarrassed of your paint job. Um, so mainly think, because of this stuff. Yeah. And I think that that's an important, important thing here, right? Like you were able to get through a lot of your miniatures for pretty much, I mean, all of your miniatures for your Lord of the Rings game, which is super impressive. And they looked fantastic. Um, but at the end of the day, they were tabletop ready, right? Yeah. And uh -huh. there's different definitions of, you know, paint levels, right? There's tabletop, there's tabletop plus, there's uh, display quality. And I don't, I don't quality, know any of those. Right, I yeah. I don't know what they and, are. And, you know, yeah, and like, I mean, you know, display quality, and then there's competition quality, right? Like where you're like going out to win a golden demon and stuff like that. And a lot of the, a lot of stuff you see on Instagram, if you're following painters on there, that's minimum display quality, you know, oftentimes competition quality that, that they're going for, uh, I, you know. And I, um, I, I tip my hat to those guys, but it's discouraging right? for the noob. It's yeah, it, to it totally can be. I mean, for, for me, I try to see, like, I'm trying to get better at this hobby. I see inspiration here. I like yeah. to see how they use their colors. I like to see how they use their techniques. But for a guy who's just like, dude, I got so many minis, and, like, those look amazing. You know what I mean? It's like, how do I get from here to there is, is daunting. Yeah. You know? And so um, I think it's important for you to ask yourself, what am I trying to do here with these miniatures? Yeah. Am I am I going to enter them into a competition? Am I just painting them so that when I put them on the table and we have fun with the game, that when I look at them from three feet away, they look great? Mm -hmm. And if I sure if I bring them like within like half an inch of my eyeball, I will see its imperfections. You know what I mean? But yeah. from three feet away, 
I don't, and they look amazing on the table because they're painted. You know what I mean? Like, uh, they're they're not, they're not just they're not just gray on the table anymore. And so, I think if you if you start in a painting journey, you have to ask yourself, what is my goal here? You know, is it to like paint a display quality thing? Is it to just get some models painted so I can get them on the table? Am I practicing techniques? Am I like like what are you doing? And I think if you can answer that before you even pick up a brush, you'll be happy with whatever you're trying to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so I mean you sound absolutely content that you painted all those models and they look great and you can't wait to put them on the table. Yeah. I mean that's and like a play huge this win. damn game, right? Yeah, oh, it's I a also, huge win right there. I also there. covered them with Testor's spray lacquer. Oh, nice. Okay. And wood, and this, I bought this at Hobby Lobby. That was the one that was on the shelf. They had some other ones that had a lot of, uh, you know, Japanese script on them. And I'm like, I went online. Somebody said they use testers. I'll, I'll use this. Yeah. It's it's a Rust-Oleum product, but um, yeah, I think I have used testers before. Lacquers, I think I, that, yeah. um, in woodworking, um, professional factories use lacquers all the time. You have so much lacquer in your house, you don't even know. However, yeah. in its spray form, it could be super toxic. And so right. anybody, I'm not going to tell anybody to use lacquer, even if it's in a small, cute silver can, because if it's the same lacquer that I'm using for woodworking, it can it can really hurt your lungs. and um, lung what, health is So important. were you using lacquer or were you using enamel? This is spray lacquer um, in an aerosol okay. can, testers. And I used it because I was in the store and I went online. I was trying to decide to buy brush on a la enamel or spray lacquer. Mm. Mm -hmm. And I went with the spray lacquer mainly because of the quantity and the, and the, um, and the ease, right. And the ease of it. Yeah. I've got a bunch of brush on enamel, but I'll, I'll thin that down and run it through the airbrush. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's a spray it's essentially a spray. for me, but that's because I have an airbrush, right? And, and that like... was a couple extra steps. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to paint behind the ogre's ears. You know, I'm just going right. to spray, 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 do a couple coats, call it good. The other thing Here's a reason why if you even buy the $100 box of Army Painter Speed Paint, which is coming out um, on March 26th, which is just a few days from when we're recording this, um, you still may have a reason to go buy um, individual pots from Games Workshop and mm -hmm. add them to your collection. Because getting yeah. back to the mixing problem, from a palette standpoint, you're going to be mixing less. So a lot yeah. of my minis are going to all start looking the same because I'm mixing less, I'm customizing slightly less. Everything is going to be kind of locked into this 10 color palette, which is yeah. okay for getting started. Like 50 bucks got me in the door and it was great. And it was great. But if I'm going yeah, to do definitely. more of these and I've got another two or 300 miniatures to go, I don't want them to all have the same basic blue, the same basic green right. over and over and over again. So even though I'm a big fan of the Army Painter stuff and I'm probably going to buy the $100 set, even though I'll be double buying some things I already own because I know I'm going to go through it, especially Pallid Bone, which is empty. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm still probably going to augment with some colors that are more unique just to add to yeah. my palette. Um, it, sure. I would never recommend that to anybody just doing regular kind of Bob Ross acrylic painting or not. I mean, oil painting, like, like uh -huh. painting canvases. That's part of, part of what you learn how to do is make your own colors. This, you don't, 
you don't have that. But what you get out of it is this viscosity, which if you right. can control it is amazing. If you let it control yeah. you and it makes a bit of a mess, you just got to paint more minis and get it, get it cleaner, get it cleaner. Yeah. And look, if you have a mishap where your the paint's running a little bit, um, just grab a different brush, a uh, little like uh, have it a little damp and you can wipe that off pretty quickly if you get to it yeah. pretty quick. So well, here, um, here's, it is fixable in the moment. It is. It's not the end of the world. What will happen is, though, like a, um, if you're doing a lot of them, which I recommend, it's better yeah. to do a lot of them than I would be. It would drive me insane to do one individual mini. Right. Because yeah, sure, there's sure. just too many. And I also found out after I did them, I could have been blow drying these in between coats. They will, they will, they'll take oh. a blow dryer. And I do have okay. a, a, an old blow dryer we don't use anymore for, uh, for hair that I, I use for other stuff in the garage. However, you may think it is covered and your paint's not running and you've moved on from that mini five minutes ago and you go back to it and there was a pool in it somewhere and it, it worked oh, yeah. its way down. And yep. spilled out. Yep. That I'm looking at one mini right now where that happened. That was not the case when I when I thought I was done with it. So Yeah. And and you gotta realize you may have evenly coated it, right? And it's if, just gravity did its work. And gravity right? it pulled the highs you know, the, the, the thin thin parts got thin and the medium parts got medium and the, th the thick parts got thick and then it had left over and it just went bleh. And because I had pre done like these worms are crawling out of the rocks, right? You know, they're, yeah. they're ground worms. Um, and I had, guess what? Pallid bone rocks. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> and then I picked up these minis and I'm like, I didn't I didn't splotch paint here. I'm like, oh, it ran down, went in between the rocks and uh. came out onto the base. And I didn't even catch that before I, before I sealed them with the testers. So anyway, oh, yeah. I might go and paint over them or something. I don't care. It's not a big deal. Well, you know, and, and this this kind of brings up, you know, probably one last point that I want to make about contrast stuff. Um, Citadel has a paint app, and, and I'm actually working on a video about how to use the Citadel paint app for even models that you may not, you know, that aren't necessarily Games Workshop. Yep. Um, but they have two options for a lot of colors. So, like, let's say you want to paint leather brown, right? Well, it'll tell you their traditional way, and it'll give you the colors that you can use, you know, that, that are normal. Yeah. But then it'll show it to you the contrast way, like what colors you can do with that. And then, like, once the contrast colors are dry, um, what other colors you can put on to layer it to help sell the effect a little bit more. So, um, you know, if you – even if you're like, oh, you know, I'm afraid of using these bead paints or the, or the contrast stuff because it's really runny or it gets a little splotchy, well – you can always touch up with regular paints over the top of it once you're done. And, um, oh, yeah. you know, I've got sure, that takes a little that. bit extra yeah. work. Yeah, that takes a little bit extra work. That's going to take a lot of extra time. A lot of times it's going to take a little bit of finesse because you're talking about small spaces, right, and, and small edges. But um, if that's something that you want to raise it to maybe the tabletop plus quality, um, that's a quick and easy way to do. And, the, you know, the Citadel would give you a nice base and shadows and highlights to work from too you know yeah let me so. let me let me build off your point right there i did this balrog right so uh -huh. the balrog is we all know a balrog from the movie and he's got this long tail he's got flames coming off his sword flames coming off his whip flames coming off his an ankles and he's generating his own internal light so right there yeah just I looked at this mini when I got it out of the box before I decided to paint. I'm like, I'm never going to paint that. I guess Justin will have fun with that. 
uh, <laughs> but I painted it, right? I decided to tackle it. And what I did, I first did a contrast paint of like a fire giant orange. But guess what? Fire giant orange um, didn't didn't get the flames right on his sword. Didn't get the flames right mm. on his ankles and stuff. So I went back with an opaque paint and I painted just bright yellow, just really bright yeah. yellow, like a whitish yellow along all the, the tips of the flames and on his armor and then the highlights on his helmet that I thought were cool. Yeah. And tried to get the flames to be bright. And then I came back and put a zealot yellow over it. And now he's even oh, more orangey. And then the zealot yellow came in and filled in the, the the gaps in the flames, so they're now they're more red and hot. So the highlights yeah. are, are 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 more bright, and the dark points are are dark and hot. Yeah, and you get this heat coming off this this mini. And I only did that by going from contrast to opaque, back to contrast to get yeah. that effect. So, and you did a key thing that I think is important to know how, like, really how these, like, speed paints and citadels work, which is you pre-highlighted it before you put some of those other colors over it, right? So Sometimes, you, yeah. Yeah. Um, you gave it its real, like, bright brightness, and then when you put it over, you know, that, that speed paint's going to find the cracks, so that'll make it a little bit darker, but then it tints it as well. Mm-hmm. But because you had a bright color underneath it, it'll look brighter in some of those spots, right? So um, a, I've seen this with a lot of people is they'll go through and pre-highlight. Like they'll you know, either use that really bright ivory or mm-hmm. a little bit of ivory mixed with pure white or something like that and really pick out like the highest, highest details. And then they'll put the contrast over that. And then it looks like it was like a naturally shaded and highlighted thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, so... Yeah, yeah. And- there's a lot of ways you can use this. There's a lot of ways that uh, that it can work. And um, I'm glad, my friend, that you uh, gave it a shot. I'm glad. It's so funny because I said, Dan, you should really, you know, I know you've got a lot of stuff. You should really look at these speed paints. And you're like, I've already bought them. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words you right know? out of my mouth. <laughs> Yeah, yes. and I'm like, okay, I, you know, and I was really happy because, like, I, I, I had a feeling that you were going to get a lot of use out of it, and really, for, for the amount of time that it takes, um, I think it's kind of unbeatable. Like, listen, I paint my models, and you know the standard by which I, mm-hmm. I have for my own painting, but it takes a long time. It really does, and I'm okay with that. Like that's I'm I'm invested in that process, yeah. right? Yeah, and um, you're taking and classes, that's the way... and I've. Yeah, you, and that's you the know. thing that I, I love doing it, right? I love doing it, uh, and I love doing it the way I do it. And I do use a little bit of contrast depending on what I'm working on, right? But um, if you're, if you like, really, if you want to get this done fast, you want to get it done quick, you want to get it done to just a, a pretty easy, basic level of painting that everybody's gonna be like, hey, these look great, and you can play your game. I don't think you can beat a speed paint or a contrast. I really don't. No. I, Bang for the buck time-wise, you can't beat it. Yeah, when did I post? Let's see, it was last week. I went on and I posted photos of my Zenithal on, let's see, what was our miniatures chat line here? Let's see, what day was And this it? is on our Discord, by our the way, Discord. everybody. If you would like to see was, this, well, uh, we and, have and a Discord And link. I've got to take photos of all the final products, right? So it was yeah. the 16th. Today is the 20th. First, so yeah, um, five days ago I started this process. Now there's 90 minis. I spent a lot. I stay up late at night, so that's and you and you stay up late too, so you yeah. get it. I I don't recommend 
staying up till 2 a.m. and irritating people in your family by doing this. I could have slowed it down, but I got into a rhythm and I was like, I got to do more, got to do more. So anyway, it, it's possible. <laughs> That's never happened to me yeah, before, it's, ever. Never, yeah. Last night. It's, it's po- <laughs> and what I want to say is, is that, you know, if you buy a, a game, a board game that has a hundred minis in it, and you you hate the fact that they're not painted, don't don't sweat it. You can get there, and 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 they'll be okay. They'll be okay. Yeah. My problem was is I just needed I just needed uh, something to nudge me over the edge of right. jumping in there. And Zenithal priming is something you should do. You should learn it because it's just going to work for you almost every time, except for your painting mechs or something like that. Number one. Well, and two years ago, Dan, um, speed paint wasn't a thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Contrast wasn't new. really a this thing. This is new. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you would have had to go through a lot of the, you know, a lot of the traditional painting methods, mm-hmm. which probably would have, like, you know, I'm just gonna say it, would have probably discouraged you yeah. from painting a hundred miniatures. Oh yeah. Oh you yeah, know? I totally would have. So, I would have been like, well, I'll just do the heroes and I'll ignore the orcs. This way I got to start with I got to start with the minions, get messy with them, and then by the time yeah. otherwise. Yeah. So I mean it wasn't that you know, it, it, it's it's doable and and I'm excited by it. I want to do more of them. I found myself going, Oh crap, after work there's no painting for me to do. Dang it. And I was kinda <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind I got I, I caught Uh-oh. the bug. And this is Uh-oh. this is why I caught the bug because these tools allowed me to exceed my own expectations that I had for myself. So yeah. I'm not like I said for this for my speech here. This is not a spiel for Justin. He and I have talked many times about this. This is for our listeners who are like, please don't talk about painting. I hate painting. Everything I paint looks like crap. Right. It is possible if you Zenithal Prime and do two colors contrast paint, you will be like, damn, I'm I'm not terrible at this. Um, yeah. and, and you, and people pick up your meetings and go, Oh, great job because they don't know the tools you're using unless they're painters. Right. Um, right. you know, even Jay who paints a heck of a lot with an airbrush was like, Dan, did you airbrush this? I'm like, Nope. All contrast paint, all Zenithal priming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we've gone yeah, on. And I, and I kind of knew the secret a little bit before I came over. Right. Because like we had talked about it. So I knew what you had done and, but still, even then, like I, I looked at your minis and I said, Dang, these look like these look great. You know, these look great. Like, uh, would I put them in the crystal brush competition no. at uh, Nova Open? Absolutely not. No. But when I have them three feet away from me on the table, and we're you know trying to hunt down orcs, like they look fantastic. Yeah, and that's so, that's kind of you know. where I'm talking about most gamers here, and yes. and yeah. the people who want to be excellent at that hobby. Like for instance, for woodworking i don't want to watch woodworking videos with guys that get real fussy with chisels and do these teeny tiny little things and make yeah yeah. you know anybody who's getting real precious with it is a waste of my time everybody who's using a power tool getting a job done and going look i just finished a thing i'm like a guy who wants to use simple steps and deliver right and get to the end of the project so i can start a new project i don't like starting a project walking away and coming back and leaving it undone and if you're if you're in my kind of mindset, I, I highly recommend um, giving it a whirl. Definitely, definitely. So, well, I'm excited for you. I'm excited for your other minis as you continue this adventure. 
uh, you know, and uh, I can't wait to see those uh, Rise of Moloch, uh, you know, uh, we gotta miniatures. Play the damn game so bad. I know we gotta play the game too. So, but you know what? At the same time, like maybe you have them painted for when we when we do our review, which would be kind of awesome. Uh, hey, there you go. You know. Oh man! So, now you've just very good. Now you now there's a barrier. <laughs> I just said it. I just said it unrealistic expectation, right? Yeah, exactly. Dang it. So, yeah, exactly. Well, thank you everybody for listening to our episode tonight. Um, if you are actually, you know, I know Dan said we don't get paid a, a dime for this, and and it's true the con the companies have not contacted us for any kind of reviews or given us any benefit. However, we will put a link to some of this Army Painter set uh, on, that's on Amazon. If you buy it through the link, um, a portion of the proceeds will go to help support the podcast. So uh, we, we'll put it out there just because we've talked it up so much. Um, I'll try to find maybe some Citadel stuff, but also the Army Painter stuff. Uh, I saw some reviews of it. I think that they're amazing things. And so if you'd like to try it um, and you're planning to buy it, please uh, please click on the link and support the show. Otherwise, uh, as we have stated before, we are on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook. Uh, we have our Discord channel. Come join us in the Discord channel and uh, you know, come come support us. And, uh, you know, follow us on Twitter. Give us a like. Give us a comment. Let us know what you guys want to hear. You know, you know the spiel. Smash the, smash the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Notify bell. All that kind of stuff. You know, you know, you know, you guys know the drill. So thank you so much for listening, and y'all have a good night. Good night, everybody. <laughs>